Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Good day, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. This is Jeff Cross from the Uncommon Drive podcast. And sitting just six feet across from me is Mr. Chad Ozy. How are you, Chad? I'm great, Jeff. We're here on a mid spring day um just uh made it through a couple typhoons of rain and blizzard type conditions but uh the weather is is breaking on us and uh how's your baseball season going you know it has been cold cold and a little more cold yeah that sounds about right uh but uh but it's been good it's been one of those uh baseball seasons where there's been a lot of parity in the in the conferences I've worked this year. Nice. You know, so a lot of times you walk into a game and you got a pretty good idea how it's going to go. And there's still some of that. I mean, every team's got its every conference has got its top teams, its bottom teams, but it seems like there's a lot more sevens beating twos. Mm, you yeah. know, and nines beating fours and you know, just some some great matchups and some the thing that's been fun a lot of people thought that, you know, COVID was going to make the entire sports world a kinder, gentler world. And we've <laughs> learned that that's definitely not the case, right? I mean, they're just as, you know, crazy as ever with Woo! the way they argue and yell and, and everything else. But here's what I think it has done, at least at the college baseball level. I have seen players just happy to be on a baseball field. Yeah, sure. You know, 38 degrees with 30 mile an hour winds mm. and drizzle. Mm. And they still got a smile on their face yeah. running out to take their spot, you know, to play defense. Uh, and that's been kind of fun because mm-hmm. uh, there was l- at least a little period where you just didn't see a lot of that. You know, it was the grind. I mean, yeah. a lot of people fail to remember that, I mean, this is a job for these college students. Mm-hmm. It's not just a game, it's yeah. a job, it's mm-hmm. how they're helping pay for college. 
Um, and even for the ones that may not be getting athletic scholarships to do it, you know, I mean, it's, it's work. It's work right. to do what they do. And so to see them enjoying and having fun with it, uh, I think is, is really great. And, you know, seeing some of that from the, from the umpires as well, you know, I think they're loving being out on a field without a mask on their face, yeah, right. uh, you mm-hmm. know, and being able to, to do some things a little bit different. We still have some protocols that are in place. How mm-hmm. we talk to coaches is different and how we're supposed to handle plate meetings and all that kind of stuff. But, um, it's, it's been a good season so far and you're, you're coaching baseball. So yeah. how's, how's season going? Just as gold. <laughs> Just as cool. <laughs> Maybe colder because Jeff plays thing, on days that other people won't. Yeah, that's right. The only thing better is I'm in the dugout. <laughs> that's very true. I come out for three outs and then I go back in. <laughs> you know, we score a couple runs, whatever it is, and I go back in. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going well. You know, um, I've I had a couple different situations. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I talked to you about these uh, situations. Um, these couple plays that happened to me. Okay. And I'll, I'll just run them by you. You know, obviously, you know, listen, I'm not mad by any means. And I just thought it was interesting how they came up. Um, one was, um, and for all I know, these guys that are umpiring, maybe they listen to the podcast. I have no idea. They haven't mentioned it. Um, but, but one was, we were doing, we had a conference game and um, we only had one umpire. For okay. whatever reason, right? Just the way it goes. That's high school baseball in this day and age, yeah, right? Right. Now. Yeah. So whatever. We have one umpire. So we had first and third situation. Our our uh pitcher does a fake to third mm-hmm. and turns and got the guy picked off at first. Home plate umpire calls Bach. Okay. Because he didn't step off before he faked a throw to a base. Okay. I said, I don't think that's the, the rule. I said, I think that's, you know, pros, I know they can't do that in the pros, but we could still do that in high school. Nope. That's just, that's not the way I was trained, not the way I was trained. I said, and, you know, of course, in my experience, I would say, well, can you go ask your partner? Because there's mm-hmm. no other partner, right? And I'm, like, trying to figure out a way for him to understand that I believe this would be legal. So I couldn't figure out a way, couldn't figure out a way. So I said, I just need to confirm. So anytime we fake like that, that's going to be a balk for our team and for their team. And he says, yes. I says, okay, I guess, you know, then I'll just go with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was able to come, you know, think of some more ideas. You know, the game went on. It ended up being like a four-run ball game. Um, you know, like I said, that call didn't have any bear whether we won or lost. But um, I had mentioned to him, which I made a change or something like this. Hey, just, you know, no, I don't really, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but I just want to think about this process. So what if I make the move to second and I do the curl move and I, and I fake throw, I said, is that a block? He goes, no, because you're coming off the the rubber. I said, well, I'm not coming off the rubber any different than I would be at third. Mm -hmm. He goes, yeah. He said, you know, I may be wrong. I said, listen, I'm good with it. You know, maybe talk to some of your partners, maybe at a meeting or something like that. See if you can get that squared away. So, Obviously, you know the the fake to third, then we come off, and then we go to go to first. That is a legal play, um, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know, the, kid, the guy tried hard. You know, he did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't give him a bad rating by any means, but it's it's interesting how I, I've I've said this for years. It's a rule that I know, or that someone else knows, and then someone we we find it to be a very simple rule because we know the rule. Sure. It's not a simple rule if you don't know the rule. That's right. <laughs> so um, I thought that was just pretty interesting. And then the other play we had was um, it was a home game, another conference game. Um, 
so, well, actually, there's three situations. So the other play was where we had a like a little dribbler out in front of the plate. The pitcher comes up and grabs it, throws it. Kind of a high throw. Our guy standing at first base. Jumps up, catches it. Now, I thought he just landed straight on the face. He landed on the base. We definitely know he landed on the base. Whether he landed on the front end of the base, top of the base, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But as he lands, he definitely beat the runner. He lands, and the runner runs into the first baseman. Okay. Kind of V's him out. Uh, the umpire called obstruction on the first baseman. Said that he has to allow him to get to the base. I said, uh, you know, I don't, you have to explain to me, you know, it's just judgment, whatever it is, right? I sure. just couldn't understand how we were getting to that process. Um, now, you know, later I've learned that maybe my my debate should have been, okay, if that's what you're saying, doesn't he have to be in the running lane? Then he wouldn't run into my guy. So, um, but whatever, you know, it's just interesting. And, you know, didn't... Again, didn't affect the the game, but those are you know those are things that I see on a daily basis. The other one was the third one was um, uh, so when you make a sub, it's very common in non conference games. Go hey, you know we just yell across fifteen's going in for ten. You know kind of do those things non conference, mm-hmm. but conference play we kind of try to keep track of those things. Sure. Well, I was keeping track. And I had, I was, he wasn't the, our opponent wasn't telling me what the, what the changes were mm-hmm. or really telling the home plate umpire. Okay. But I'm keeping track. And I saw a, a guy that started, came out, came back in, came out, which is fine. Then he put him back in the run. That's not okay. Right. I said, it's not okay. And, uh, of course, He's like, oh no, that's a brother. That's uh, that's not the. I said, what? And I asked our home plate umpire. Our home plate umpire wasn't keeping track of that stuff. Okay. You know, just kind of doing it by memory. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. I'm like, so I have no argument. If the home plate umpire is not keeping track of that in some way, shape, or form, I don't have a leg to stand on. I can argue it all I want. But those are all things as a baseball coach that I see. That's just in this past week that Mm -hmm. I saw. And I'm thinking, you know, how can we fix this? You know, what can we better, you know? Um, and, it, you know, it all worked out. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's it didn't have anything to do with the bearing to the game. But, you know, I I know some of you umpires that are out there listening to me. Um, you may think what you want to think about me, but I want you all to be able to be better and want you all to be able to make the playoffs. And I want you all to represent yourself well when you're in the playoffs. And, you know, and I rate every official. Um, I do that in – I rate you, you know, whether you know, I very rarely give anybody unsatisfactory. So it's either satisfactory. I I don't know how it goes, but one would be the worst. Okay. I've never given anybody a one. Gotcha. Typically, you know, there are two, three, fours, mm-hmm. and I don't see too many fives in our league. Um, sure. I'm sure they're out there, but I just don't see them. I don't know what a five looks like only because – I think in order for us to know what a five... because I haven't been on your field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The only way I know what a five looks like, I think, is I need to be... So five meaning they're a state final official. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I have to get to the state finals in order to know what that looks like, I think. Sure. So in order for me to vote someone a five, I have to go to the state finals and go, okay, this is what five looks like. So that's kind of where I I land on that stuff. So, yeah, all that happened. Well, you know, I I like that because we're going to talk baseball during this episode and... 
we're going to talk about it from the perspective of um, things that create struggles for us as umpires. I think this definitely, you know, holds over into to basketball and other sports as well. But as a as a conference coordinator in college baseball, I get calls from coaches on a regular basis. You know, I'll get a call from a coach saying, well, I don't ever want to see this umpire on my field again because of blah, 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 blah. Right. right. right? Mm-hmm. And my response to them always is, please send me video. That's the first thing I ask for. Yeah. I would like to see the video. All my schools live stream. They're all doing stuff. They've got video somewhere, somehow they can send me. And a lot of times that just takes care of the problem mm-hmm. because the coach is elevated in the moment. Mm-hmm. They know what they saw, right? They're mm-hmm. convinced. But when they have to go get the video clip to send me, sometimes they realize that what they saw wasn't what happened. You know, because we mm-hmm. all have our own movie reel in our mind. Yep. And so what we think we saw mm-hmm. may not have been actually what took place. And so a lot of times that just, that solves the problem for me. Once they saw it, they'll <laughs> send me another message. Oh, I didn't realize this happened in that and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, hey, my bad, whatever. To which I'll ask, well, have you already filled out your game report? Okay, yeah. You know, and if they have, I'll say, well, after seeing the video, would you like to amend it? Hmm. You know, so, you know, they rated this umpire horrible because they blew this big call. One call. And right. now that they realize it wasn't bad, well, would you like to bump up his yeah, right. rating or not? You know, and and then I don't argue if they say, no, 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 I still, you know, for, you know I, I stand by what I had. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But I give them the opportunity to, sure. to do that. Um, if if they send that and there's still some validity, you know, to what they've got, then then I'll talk them through the rule. And then the the big thing that I, I have to deal with with my coaches is I'm dealing with the difference between rule application and a call of judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Big difference between those two things. Mm-hmm. And that holds true every sport, right? There are things that we have to do that are judgment calls. A judgment call is where something may not be just totally and completely black and white. I have to decide which way was it in basketball. A perfect example of a judgment call might be kind of a bang, bang block charge, right? You might be able to defend it one way. You might be able to defend it the other way. You've got to decide which one was it. Boom. That's a judgment call. Baseball ball strikes judgment call. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. You you got a pitch near the outside corner. Was it a strike? Was it a ball? That is a judgment call. Safe out at first base. That is a judgment call. Fair foul is a judgment call. Um, Obstruction, interference, box, like you talked about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those things, the vast majority of the time, those are things that that umpire is required to make a judgment about. Right. But there are lots of other things that are simple rule enforcement. Your lineup situation is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. In high school baseball, uh, in in AIA baseball, in college baseball, we have something called the re-entry rule, which means a starter can come out of the game and then come back into the game again. And they do that so that more people get to participate. Yep. 
You know, you've got a kid who's a really great defender, but he's not a good hitter. Well, you might let him come in in the middle of the game for a couple innings mm-hmm. to play second base. But now the other team scores a couple runs. You want to bring your starter back in because they're going to come up to bat in the sixth inning. Right. Okay, you can do that. Um, or you just got a kid who's really fast, doesn't do a lot of other stuff, mm-hmm. right? You're going to let him pinch hit for your cleanup hitter mm-hmm. or pinch run for your cleanup hitter. Right. You know, after your cleanup hitter got a double and you're thinking, well, now maybe I can stretch a yeah. single into a, you know, a, an RBI here by him scoring from second. So you do that. Uh, and then that D, that uh, four hitter who also plays first base for you comes right back in the next inning to yeah. play defense, right? Yeah. So we, we've got those kinds of things. So if, if my umpire allows a player to reenter twice, that's not a judgment call. That has to do with the application of a rule or enforcement of a rule. And I can almost always defend judgment calls. Almost always. Now, there's some I can't. There's some that are egregious. There's some that we close our eyes at the wrong moment or Mm -hmm. something happened. We called a ball in the batter's box a strike. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's wrong. But 99.9% of the time, judgment calls are defendable. Mm Mm-hmm misapplication of a rule is never defendable. So I'll go back to your box situation that you were talking about. If he was calling a balk because he didn't feel like the pitcher came set. Sure. That's a judgment call. Yep, I agree. I can defend it all day, every day. Yeah, I'm, I see what you say. You feel like it, his hands came set. But if I look at that, it looks like his leg is still moving. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of trying to fake him out. He's making mm-hmm. it look like he's stopped on top, but he's not on bottom. That's right. that's a balk. Mm-hmm. I, I can defend that. Mm-hmm. But if they misapply the rule about whether or not you're allowed to fake to third in high school baseball, then I can't defend that. Right. So during the course of a game we are going to have all these different situations that are going to come up and they have the potential to create issues. And that's just from the normal course of a game. What I am struggling with right now, and Jeff actually found himself in the midst (laughs) of a Facebook conversation about this this week. What I struggle with are when we have simple rule application issues that I'm going to call that are on the outside or the periphery of the game yeah. that we allow to create issues for us. Jeff, why don't you, why don't you start off with the one that, that you were responding to online and then let's, let's kind of go out from there. Well, yeah. So the, the, somebody had posted, uh, um, I guess maybe the question came up and they posted the rule about, uh, non-starters basically outside in the batting cage taking BP practice during the game. And the guy quoted the rule basically is not allowed and, um, you know, because who's watching them and, you know, all those things. And the other team doesn't get a chance to use the batting cage and, you know, all these things, right? You know, everyone needs to be. And for my college umpires out there that are listening, this is a high school specific rule. High school specific, right? So I had kind of, uh, you know, I just responded in saying, yep, you know, I agree with this. Um, I think there's many rules along that about, I said, you know, 
we stay in our dugout during our games. You know, the only time we go outside of our dugout is maybe to go get a foul ball or if we have a pitcher warming up, you know, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the question came up about buckets, sitting outside of buckets and sitting on buckets outside or even, I mean, I've had coaches, opposing coaches, just stand on the outside of the dugout coaching from there. And, um, you know, I just said, you know, as from a high school, from a coach's perspective, I'm needing umpires to enforce this because if I do it, it looks like I'm the one kind of being the jerk because I'm wanting this guy to go back two feet because it does seem very minuscule. But I'm following the rules and the other team is not following the rules in the same competition. And you may say, well, what difference does it make two feet out of the dugout? Okay, then what difference does it make if I'm four feet out of the dugout? He's going to do two, I'm going to do four. Oh, I'm going to do four, he's going to do six. Mm-hmm. Where, where's the magic line? I know where the magic line is, in the dugout. That's where the magic <laughs> line is. You know, and I don't ever say anything, but I, you know, I believe that they're, they are creating an advantage when they come outside their dugout to coach. Even if it is, they the players can can see them more clearly. Even if it is, maybe it could be something as simple as trying to show their dominance on the field. You know, whatever that is. I like to play within the rules. And the rules are you have to be in the dugout. They, you know, they also talked about, I've had multiple games where, you know, whatever, three three outs, now the, the, the our opponent's up to bat, and they got four or five guys out swinging bats. Mm-hmm. Like, well, can we do this or can we not do this? I need to know which one we're doing. Because if we're going to allow this, then I'll have my guys do the same thing. But, um, and of course, I don't want to be the guy. The other one that really kind of gets to me a little bit too is, is the, let's just say, we're in between innings, right? Or maybe we're change pitchers and – we got a lefty coming up, so he wants to come on our side of the dugout and get a better look, right? And, you know, I see umpires just let this go anyway because they're like, oh, what's it hurting? And it may or may not be hurting anything, but I know we stay on our side. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I can tell you a multiple times where we maybe have a pitching change and we're up to bat. I'll bring my guy down to me and talk to him and say, okay, they're changing pitchers because I didn't know they were changing pitchers because when – you know, when we have when there's a pitcher, uh, a defensive timeout, and they visit at the mound, I'm allowed to get my guys together as an offense. If I got runners on, everybody come here. We talk again, high school only rule. Right, we talk, we do our thing, and then I see they're making a change, so I tell my batter, I say, okay, now you go on our side of the dugout, and you, you know, pay attention to pitcher, do whatever you want to do there, but I don't want you, you know, standing on the opposite side. But I see so many umpires not taking care of that. I guess they see it's it's harmless. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it is or not because you let them do it. You know what I mean? It yeah. it it's it it feels hard. I would say it's unacceptable for me because my players want to know why won't you let us do that, Coach? Sure. And I say because that's not within the rules. Yep. Let me let me be clear there. So at the college level, if it is simply a conference at the mound the offense is not allowed to gather without also taking an offensive conference. Uh, if uh, if it is a pitching change, mm-hmm. then the offense is allowed to gather and to do that. 
You know, um, I, I find it interesting that you're saying you're seeing these issues happen at the high school level, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Because I would love to be able to tell you as a college coordinator that that stuff only happens at the, at the high school level. <laughs> right. Like I would so love to be able to tell you that. Mm. Um, but I can tell you not just from games within my conference, but games that I have worked, mm -hmm. games that I have watched, many of which are at a high level, you know, D1 major conferences where we are allowing things that should be simple rule application mm -hmm. to create issues in games. And yes, a lot of people will make the argument of saying, well, you know what? This is the phrase they'll use. I'm not going to pick that booger <laughs> unless the other coach says something. And the reasoning that we say that is that within the umpiring world, there is this, this idea that I don't want to be that guy. Okay, we talk about um, enforcing the rules as written. Okay, but then there's also this idea of, well, but what's too far? Like, what's inserting myself into the game? Uh, on the basketball side, you know, we've got how many logos are allowed to be exposed and mm. how big they can be. And do we make them turn the cuff of their sock down because there's a logo on both sides of the sock? Or do we just ignore that? Again, it's the exact same as this. Mm -hmm. Either it is a rule or it's not a rule. Yep. Right. And we have to decide what are we going to deal with? Every umpire, every official that chooses not to deal with these things just makes it more difficult for the next one that does. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a perfect example. I I was at a college game the other day. I was working the bases and they brought in a relief pitcher. The relief pitcher comes out to the mound to begin taking his warm-up pitches. Mm -hmm. It's a cold day because they've all been cold days, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and so he has an arm sleeve on, which is legal for a pitcher, except his arm sleeve was light gray. A light gray arm sleeve on a pitcher is illegal. Mm -hmm. They cannot have white. They cannot have light gray. Same as their gloves. They cannot have a white glove. They cannot have a light gray glove. I see my home plate umpire walking out to the mound. I'm assuming he's getting ready to tell the pitcher he cannot wear that arm sleeve. Right? So, all of a sudden, I see him pitching with the arm sleeve. And I'm like, what in the world? And this, this happened to be a, a game and a situation. I knew both coaches. I, I don't know what my partner said. Maybe my partner said, it's so cold, mm. he's going to allow it. Maybe he already talked to the other coach. Maybe there's an agreement. I have no clue at this point. I've been out in the field, so I'm waiting. So I come in after the half inning. Normally, we don't get together mm. and talk in a college right. game. You know, We go out to the outfield and wait, but I come in. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He goes, oh, you know what? I didn't even, I didn't even notice it. You didn't even notice it. <laughs> like, how can you be watching the pitch come out of his hand and not notice that yeah, right. there's a gray arm sleeve all the way down to the kid's wrist, mm -hmm. you know? And so the day he goes, well, I, I can't do anything about it now because I've already let him pitch with it. I said, absolutely, you can. Yeah, why not? You notice it now. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, 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 I can't. 
okay, well, I'm not arguing in, in the middle of the game, in the freezing cold and everything else. So I go back down there. I The the first base coach for that team, for the, for the opposing team, I know really well. And so I just ask him, I said, hey, because this guy used to pitch in professional baseball. I'm like, you know that arm sleeve's illegal. Why didn't you say anything? He said, oh, it's real simple. He said, I, I was going to wait and see if the guy got on a roll. And if the guy got on a roll, then I was going to say something. Because mm-hmm. now I can take him out of his routine. Mm-hmm. Now I can mess with his head. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't worried about being the bad guy. He was being strategic sure. mm-hmm. with what he was going to do. Right. Right? So now I want you to go right back to our thought process as umpires. We don't want to pick that booger. We don't want to create a big issue. Now, the other team has got runners on second and third <laughs> yeah, with two right. outs. Mm-hmm. And that first base coach decides to say, Hey, uh, what's he doing with an arm sleeve on? Yeah. Now, in this big, huge moment in the game, 35 degrees, you've got to come out Mm -hmm. and deal with something that you should have dealt as he was walking to the mound in the first place about. That puts us in a much worse position. Right. You've got the coach sitting outside the dugout on the bucket. And yes, he's only two feet outside the dugout. And it's not a problem until we have a live ball yep. come up and ricochet off that bucket yep. and go out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't hit that bucket, it would have stayed in play. Yep. Well, now what are you going to do? Are you going to enforce interference on the team that had equipment outside the yeah, dugout? Right. Or are you just going to say that it went into the dugout on its own or I didn't see it hit the bucket? Or See, we are setting ourselves up for major situations Mm -hmm. that can cause problems with our game. So I'm going to ask you this question, Jeff, as a coach, as a former umpire, Mm -hmm. why do you think guys are not willing to deal with these situations? Yeah, I don't know. You know, a couple, first of all, I want to back up just a second. I remember I was umpiring a college baseball game and we had a hall of famer, on a chair outside the dugout. Okay. And we had a meeting at the plate and, you know, they went over the ground rules and they said, oh, that's where Hall of Famer sits right there. And me and my partner both looked at him and said, well, he can't. Mm-hmm. He's outside the dugout. He's got to be inside the dugout. Says, and the coach said, well, are you going to tell him? Yeah, I guess. If you need me to, I'll go tell him. You know, that's the mm-hmm. rule. He's got to be in the dugout. Went over and told him, he went in the dugout. If he's a Hall of Famer, then he knows the rules. <laughs> he follows the rules. You hope so. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't get in the Hall of Fame because you were cheating all the time. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you have to do those things. And sometimes take a little bit of courage. But I would think we don't do that because either, one, we don't know the rule. You know what I mean? We're we're afraid to make any kind of wave, you know, for fear of causing a problem. Um, Those are my top two, I would think. You know, we're just, you know, if if they're worried about the rating – if you know, I don't know what they're you know what's going through their head. They just really want to get out of this thing unscarred. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm hoping there's no issues. Um, and I, I, listen, that in a in a perfect world, that, that's how I'd go into every game too. Man, let's just get out of this baby. No one yells at us. Let's get out of here if we don't have any issues. But that's whether we're paying you seventy dollars for a high school game or you're getting two hundred for a college. That's just what they paid for. 
They paid you to do those things, and we're counting on you to do those things. It's not just call balls and strikes, safe and outs. Yeah. Ultimately, sometimes that's all we need in a twenty run in a twenty run ball game is outs and safes and balls and strikes. Yeah, all and we need. more strikes and outs. Yeah, than right. Else. You know, but I get it, <laughs> but it, like I said previously, I I want umpires that work for me. I want them to have a chance to go to the state finals, and I think mm-hmm. the only way you're going to have that chance is if you're willing to enforce the bucket rule or the two batters on deck rule in a 20 run ball game, just like you would in a one run ball game in the state championship game. I absolutely agree. And so I I have three things that I think are really key about handling these situations. The first one, it's going to sound so simplistic, but I think it may be the, the one that more umpires struggle with than any other. And that is know the rule. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, Can they be, we've, we've talked about a couple of them already. They just yep. don't, whatever, you know, they just don't know it. That's right. We have to know the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw something out there uh, for those that are listening today that may get stuck working a solo game this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, on a college field this year, had to work four and a half innings solo. Mm-hmm. Okay because of a situation that happened on the field. So this isn't just something that happens at the high school level. It Mm -hmm. can happen at the college level. I know of a college game being played today that the first 30 minutes of that game will be played with one umpire. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are weird situations happening because of the weather, because of where we're at with umpires, all that kind of thing. There's, there's crazy stuff taking place. Uh, And we know at the high school level, it happens all the time, especially lower level high school freshmen, sophomores, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Now, within the umpiring community, we have always said, we don't want rule books on the field. We're the rule book on the field. Okay. Right? That's what it says. In fact, if you talk to almost any umpire, if a coach walks out to an umpire holding a rule book in their hand, that coach Mm -hmm. is getting dumped. Yeah, right. Right? Mm -hmm. And the thought process in the past was always they're trying to one-up the umpire they're trying to do whatever i'm going to throw something out to umpires that may have to work solo games this year that i think could be incredibly useful if you're working a solo game hopefully you're working behind the plate i know occasionally solo umpires will work behind the mound just stop for a second is that legal to what go behind the mound if you're a solo umpire yes it is it is umpire discretion Whether high school, high school, college, college, whatever. whatever. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Either place. If you're, if you're the only umpire, you got to have a place for game balls. So it's going to look weird as all get out. But if you're working by that mound, you're going to have a ball ball bag, bag, you know, on the side of your base pants or whatever. Right. (laughs) I'm going to suggest you take a rule book and you put in the ball bag or at bare minimum, take it, Ask the home team coach to set it in their dugout so that you have access to it if you would need it. And here's why I'm saying that. Just like you said earlier, you don't have a partner on the field. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you say before the game, if you just keep it there and you don't say anything to anybody. But now if you have something come up in that game that is out of the ordinary and you're not 100% positive about the rule application... You call time, you pull out your rule book, and you look. Mm-hmm. 
What an amazing concept. I used to do it. When I first started umpiring Little League Baseball, I carried a Little League umpire book, rule book in my back pocket all the time. Yeah. All the time. And in that situation where you were convinced that that balk was incorrectly called, I just would have called both coaches together. Hey, coaches, I want to make sure I get this right. I'm the only one here. I'm a little overwhelmed because I got everything going on. And, and I don't want to do something that could mess up your guys' game. Mm-hmm. So right here together, let's look at this. Now, the rules in front of both coaches, right? I'm, I'm on board with all this, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you read it, both coaches. The other coach probably knew that that shouldn't have been a ball. Absolutely knew it, yeah. Right? So if he's got <laughs> if, – if you just come out and tell the umpire – well, that's not a balk, and the umpire switches it. Now the other coach is mad at him. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting there with both coaches. You pull out that rule book. Guys, this is the rule. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think the, both those coaches are going to have respect for you. And I don't care if that's a high school game, if it's a college game, if it's a whatever, right? Uh, we've even had a bulletin at the college level lately that has said, look, if you have a protested game, right then and there, go in Grab the rule book mm-hmm. and get it fixed before it has to go someplace else. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There, there's Fix a, it. There's a flaw. I, I see a couple flaws in your system, which I love, by the way. I think it's great. But this is the flaw I see. Is if in my situation <laughs> with the balk, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's getting dark. Now we now, you know, now we're gonna spend this time trying to find the rule, la la la. There's a couple of good things, right? If I did that and the umpire said, I'm going to go with the rule, and the coach goes, no, listen, I know it's not a balk. Yep. It's fine. You know yep. what I mean? That would be good, but yep. we don't know that we can trust that. And the other thing is, if this umpire is a little overwhelmed, maybe first or second year or whatever it is, they probably don't know how to leaf through the rule book like we're hoping. <laughs> so now the nerves are going, right? And now, you know, we're, now we're, instead of a, being a two-minute lookup, it turned into a 15-minute lookup, and now it's too dark. We can't play or whatever. We lost. Now we can't finish the game. we got to end it in the sixth instead of the seventh, you know, those kind of things. So I love the idea. Mm-hmm. I think it would – but the first – the only way this is going to work, well, one of the key factors is the umpire who's willing to pull out the rule book and look up the rule in front of both coaches – has to know their way through that rule book. Yeah. And, you know, the advantage that we have now with rule books, both at high school and college level, is that the, the indexing is pretty good in it. Yeah. It can get us where we need to go. You go to the back, look up Bach. You see the four pages that a Bach has mentioned. You mm-hmm. can quickly get to those things and do that. Uh, but, but again, I'm only talking about doing this in those extreme circumstances sure. where you're stuck working solo on mm-hmm. a game. Yeah. And you're only going to pull it out for a potential rule misapplication. We're not doing it for a judgment call. Right. This is only did I apply the rule correctly or incorrectly. And when this rule happened to us, I mean, at that point, it was only one run ball game. Yep. That could have totally affected that game. Right. You just walked in a runner. Yeah. So now, you know, I don't. I think it would be really bad for a coach to come in and say, hey, I want you to go check the rule on that. And it scores 20 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Do we really need to listen? Yep. Uh, I may have missed it. I may, I may be getting this wrong. We'll look it up later. I'll send you an email or whatever it is. You know, that's what the one umpire did uh, with this play at first base. He emailed me the very next day. Hey, just want to clarify, you know, runner needs to be in the running lane, you know, those kind mm-hmm. of things. And in my judgment, he did this, whatever. So that works by me. Yep. You know what I mean? That works that hopefully they don't make that mistake again. They, you know, they can, they can understand that rule. 
better as they move off. Absolutely. So I, I think the first thing is know the rule. Yep. In that extreme circumstance, you might find yourself in. And it could be that every single umpire who's listening to this right now may not find themselves in that situation a single time this year. But if you do, consider consider that. The second yeah. thing that I'm going to say is be alert. It is so easy for us to get lulled into it's freezing cold out mm-hmm. here. I want to get out of here. Yeah. All of a sudden, I don't notice that they're wearing a gray arm sleeve. Right. I've not been vigilant at looking at the dugouts mm-hmm. to see how many people are out warming up. Remember, we had a, an episode several weeks ago where we were talking about just kind of like some tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. And we asked where I go and stand in mm-hmm. between innings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason I stand on the side of the team that just finished batting is so that as I'm looking out at the field, I can clearly see the dugout where they're getting ready to bat. Yep. So now I can see how many people are out there warming up. Yep. If I stand on that side, they're all behind me. Mm-hmm. I don't have a clue how many of them are warming up. Right. You know? So little things like that, being alert. I'm going to know, are they wearing the arm sleeve? Is there a bucket out? Yep. Is there whatever? The only way it happens is if I am clued in and alert the entire game. Mm -hmm. And that's tough in baseball sometimes. Second game of a doubleheader in the fifth inning, it's easy to glaze over. Well, and I think it's easy to glaze over in a a couple of the reasons. Because you talked about it being cold. Mm -hmm. So many umpires yesterday woke up going, oh, high of 37. It's going to be rainy and misty all day. We're not playing. So they're not not even, even, I don't care if they go to work or whatever they're doing, but they're already getting in their head they're not going to play. Yep. And then when you find out you're playing, you're not ready. Sure. You're just not ready. And then they're out there and maybe they're mad because they thought the game should be canceled. I don't want to be standing in the cold. Whatever the scenario. And I'm going to use that. I use this analogy all the time. Listen, if it's a football game, you'd be playing. Mm -hmm. No one would, if you were a football official, and most people are multiple sport officials, would never go, I don't understand why you're playing this game. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? We're playing it. And you'd be out there playing. You wouldn't even think about canceling that football game. But now in a baseball game, we think since it's 37 degrees and it's windy, we should be canceling the game. So I just don't go for that. The other thing, when you talk about being alert, you know, and this is you umpires out there listening, you need to know this because I tell my players this all the time. I am always watching my players, always keeping an eye on how they're acting in the dugout how they're walking the hallways, what their grades are like. I'm watching all of how much equipment they're taking out of the dugout when it comes time to leave. I'm watching it all. Guess what else we're doing? We're watching umpires. Yep. We are watching everything they do. We're watching how many times they're getting together. You know, why are they getting together all the time? You know, I we maybe uh, I hear them laughing. What are they laughing about? Are they laughing at my team? You know, whatever this you know, just just uh this was past week, I had an umpire in between innings. It's, it's funny how he thought he was getting away with something, mm-hmm. but he would turn his back to the infield in between innings, and he would be on his phone. Oh, That's what he was doing. It, thinking that no one notices. Well, that I'm noticing. Sure you are. You know what I mean? And this guy's a good umpire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Maybe he's got some family issues. I get it, right? Then maybe, hey, Jeff, listen, I got a few family issues. I'm going to have to be on my phone in between names. That's okay. Whatever. I don't, you know, you don't have to ask my permission anyway. Sure. But what I don't know, what I don't know. And what I do know is this guy's on his phone in between innings, not watching if there's multiple guys on 
deck, you know, whatever that is. So, yeah, we're yep. watching, man. We're Absolutely. watching. So, number one, know the rule. Number two, be alert. Number three, communicate clearly and with conviction. Okay. What I see all the time is when an umpire does finally choose to deal with one of these things, they are like milk toast. They'll walk out to the pitcher, man, I'm so sorry to ask you to do this. Mm. But I'm really afraid the other team's going to say something. Mm. And also, do you mind taking off that sleeve? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yada, 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 right? Mm-hmm. When it's said, it's just walk out. Hey, bud, that arm sleeve's illegal. I need you to remove it and take it to the dugout. Yeah. Yep. I can take it back if you need me to. Yeah. It's you real back simple. Pocket, what are you going to do? Yeah. It is clearly communicated yeah. and with conviction. It's yeah. not a, well, maybe we don't have to do this kind yeah. of thing. It's mm-hmm. that, coach, I need you to get the the bucket inside yep. the area of the dugout. Right. Not, coach, do you mind? Yeah. yeah. Coach, I know it's a pain. Yeah. Or here's the one that I'm hearing all the time. Hey, you know, they're really honest to make sure that happens. Well, first of all, who is they? Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. how did they communicate that to you? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's passing the buck to somebody else. Yeah, and I, you know, I would even say, I mean, I think it's okay to say, listen, we've been instructed to enforce this rule. Absolutely, that's totally fine. You know, and they're really honest, whatever you want. But I just think, listen, we've been instructed by, you know, our supervisors that you got to have buckets inside. Yep. Until I get another memo, that's the way it is. Yep. <laughs> you know? Like it or not like it. Yep. I'm working for someone. <laughs> not you. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, the guys out swinging bats, I, I deal with it all the time at the college level. It's crazy that I should ever have to deal with it at the college level. Yeah. And I'll turn and I'll go, guys, only two out with bats. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? You, the one who's going to bat, the one who's going to be on deck, they're yep. the only ones in between innings that are allowed to be out with bats. Yep. And uh, the other day, I had a kid who was out with his bat and he literally is like shaking his head at me and huffing that I made him go back in <laughs> and he was my catcher. Yeah. Right? Right. He Here was my catcher. Mm-hmm. So he came out. I knew he was a freshman. Right? And uh, he came out. I'm like, why in the world were you... Like, I just confronted him. Mm-hmm. Like, why were you giving me attitude for having to go back in? Well, I've never had to do that before. What do you mean you've never had to do that before? Well, in high school, we could do it all time. Mm-hmm. So I just used the response, well, this is not high school baseball. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, is what I did. But it also tells me that for four years, he had umpires that were not enforcing this. Right. So all it's doing is making it more difficult on the next one yep. that will. Yep. We have to know the rule. We have to be alert. And we have to communicate clearly and with conviction. Now, why are these things important? Why are we actually dedicating an episode to talking about what seems like kind of mundane stuff? I mean, mm-hmm. people on buckets, does it really affect the outcome of a game? Mm-hmm. How many people are out swinging? Whether or not they have an arm sleeve, whether or not they're in a batting cage or, you know, playing tiddlywinks mm-hmm. behind the dugout or whatever else. Why does it matter? Because it doesn't matter until it does. Yep. What it's doing is, is it's creating potential issues for you that could blow up. Yep. I do everything I can in the course of a game to manage the game. I believe that one of my strengths as an official, both on the basketball court and on the baseball field, is my game management skills. I think there are other people that call better balls and strikes than I do. 
I think there are other people that are better at calling safes and outs on the basis than I am. I think there are people that are more in shape than me. I think there are people that have even a, a higher game IQ than I've got. Mm-hmm. But I manage a game well. And part of managing that game is doing everything that I can from having an explosion take place. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we've all had that play that's blown up on us. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, what just happened? Well, sometimes you'll have you'll have a fight break out in a game and you're like, where in the world did that come from? Well, there was probably some clues earlier in the game. Might be because you were letting players just be out of the dugout. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now you're they're letting... warming up on the wrong side mm-hmm. and the guys from that dugout are saying all sorts of stuff to them while they're over there swinging a bat. And the next thing you know, when one of those kids from the dugout gets to second base where that shortstop standing and all of a sudden he throws an elbow up at his face. Right. Well, there was something that predicated it that we could have helped with, Mm -hmm. but we weren't paying attention. We weren't alert. We didn't check our phone. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, so we have to do everything we can to keep those there. You know, on the basketball court, we will talk sometimes and, People might get upset if they knew this was part of our conversation, but we'll we'll say before a game, hey, who are our problem children today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Right? Because we know there's somebody that gets more elevated or whatever. Sure. Well, we're not looking for things with them. We're just, it's good game management to be aware of where they are and what they're doing. Yeah, right. Well, that's essentially what we need to do. If you have somebody on a bucket outside a dugout, that's a problem child. Mm-hmm. If you've got somebody that's on the wrong side of the field around people they're not supposed to be, that's that's a problem child, yep. and we need to have eyes on them. Yeah, you know, and it it's it's this whole conversation is tough because as a coach, you know, dealing with the umpire shortage, you know, an official shortage, you you don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill. That's right. You don't. I'm not trying to do that, and I understand you calling a balk is, you know, probably I still had 12 errors, so it didn't, you know, it doesn't make a difference. But I'm trying to teach my kids the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still one of my jobs as a coach, besides trying to get victories, you know, I'm trying to teach them this is the rules of the game. And one of the rules of the game is we can fake the third and then go to first. And when you call that a balk, that makes it very, very difficult for me. When I tell a kid, no, you can't be on a bucket sitting on a dugout, get in the dugout. Well, they're doing it. Listen, I'm teaching you the rules. Yeah, it's my job, because we all know that ex players become become umpires. That's right. We're hoping anyway. And then if you let ex you let players be out of the dugout, then they they put a mask on. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to let coach, coaches be outside the dugout. Absolutely. I hope uh, this has been helpful, if not from a specific rule standpoint, just from a philosophy standpoint. Yeah. You know, there are other things that you're going to face in your game, or maybe it's in your day. You know, maybe there's just, you know, you're a you're a manager at work, and there's just little stuff that you've not been willing to address because you're like, well, I just don't want to create an issue, or I don't want to be that guy, or whatever. But you know, is that something that could blow up at you later on? Um, looking for ways to manage those situations so that later on things are smoothly operating uh, can help us out so much as we strive to be uncommon in the way we head towards success. Yeah. One last thing, because you really brought something to my mind. You know, I always bring up the subway analogy because that's who I used to work. Well, you know, the the policy was you put four slices of cheese on a foot long. Mm -hmm. Imagine if I put six or eight and the manager never said nothing. 
And now the manager makes a sandwich and he puts four on it. Mm-hmm. That customer's going, what's wrong? What's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Well, if we would just follow the rules, <laughs> it's that simple. And the manager, you know, which would be the umpire, telling the player, hey, it's only four. Yeah. Can't do six. It's four. You can do six. They just have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That way these people know and everyone knows the rules. And if everyone knows the rules, they're a lot easier to follow. Absolutely. <laughs> they are. So absolutely good stuff. Everybody, hope you have a great day out there. I'm getting ready to hop in the car, drive two hours to go work on a cold baseball field mm-hmm. for about six and a half, seven hours. Hopefully nice. not more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a, a long day out there. I know Jeff's getting ready to uh, coach some kids up yep. and uh, have them ready to go today. And uh, I hope that whatever you're doing today, as you listen to this podcast, uh, that you're being uncommon uh, in every aspect of life. Have a great day, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.